the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hello and welcome as we lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley Rutherford. I'm Kyle Welch. In the challenging times we live in today, we believe that God's Holy Word is the single most important source to all the answers we need and are searching for. Jesus tells us in Matthew 7:24 that anyone who hears his words and puts them into practice is like a wise man who builds his house on solid rock. It is our hope with this program to help you grow in your daily walk with Jesus Christ. Lift Up Jesus is part of an outreach ministry from Shepherd Church in Los Angeles, California. Our pastor is Dudley Rutherford, and we join him right now with his message for us today. If you're new to our church, we've been preaching through the Beatitudes, which is in, starts in Matthew chapter 5. It's a sermon that Jesus preached. So just to review, the first one is, uh, blessed are those who are poor in spirit. And that word poor means to beg. Simply means you reach a point in your life, and you've been here long enough on this planet, you reach a point where you realize that you're absolutely nothing without God. And you literally cry out to Him for everything in your life because you know it's just you and Him. The second stepping stone, which is the second beatitude, is then you, um, you begin to mourn because you realize who God is and who you are. Then you begin to mourn over your own failures and your own sin. And if you're deeply uh, sorry and you are wanting to change, that God will bring you comfort. He will bring you that, that inner peace. And uh, he, he will indeed comfort you. He will redeem you. He will restore you. And then the third stepping stone was, blessed are those who are meek. And you can't help, if you go to those first two Beatitudes, then you realize that you, know, you, you live on this life and you're humble and you're gentle in, in the way that you deal with uh, the people around you, and you serve. And it has to do with, with really emptying self of self and just living to, to make a difference in other people's lives. Then the next one, and blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. And you've, you've got to make sure that when you're over here serving and being meek and kind and, and gently serving, that you realize you're not saved by doing those good deeds, that the only way you're saved is by the righteousness that God puts within you. So you hunger and you thirst for God's righteousness. All righteousness ultimately comes from God. Amen? And then last week we looked at the beatitude that uh, blessed are those who are merciful. When you get here, you realize all that God has done for you, all the times He's forgiven you, all the time that He's been graceful to you, and you simply pass that on to others. The mercy that you've received, you've, you pass that on. And then God will even put more mercy on, on, on your life. And that's always a good thing. Amen? Amen? So then we come to the next beatitude, which is our text today. If you have your Bibles, Matthew 5, verse 8, that says, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see what? God. Now when I get to that beatitude, I think, well, how come that's not earlier? 
How come that's not earlier up the stepping stone? Well, God knows what he's doing, right? But after, after all that's gone on, and as you live your life on this planet, he wants to make sure going forward that your heart remains pure. Amen? Let's bow our heads for just a quick word of prayer. God, I pray for every man, every woman, every boy, and every girl that's in this room. And I pray that you, as only you can, through your word and through your spirit, that you will speak to every heart who's here today. I believe that the worship is what makes this heart pliable to receive the truth that only comes from you, comes from above, we pray. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said, amen. Amen. I want you in your notes to write this down. Your heart is a picture of the real you. Your heart is a picture of the real you. It's been almost 40 years. That's a long time. You got to go all the way back to the year 1985, a Saturday Night Live skit where Billy Crystal, playing a character named Fernando Lama, said these words, you look marvelous. I want you to turn to your neighbor and say, you look marvelous. I want you to say that. And I want to tell you, you really do look marvelous here today. But if we could strip away the outside and the mask and the facade and the pretext and the pretense, if we could conduct what I would call a spiritual echocardiogram of your heart, what would we see here today? What would we find? Well, we would find the real you. There's an old joke. I've told it a hundred times, but it's a, a joke that came from Billy Graham. And Billy Graham doesn't tell many jokes. It's about a young college student who applied for a job at a zoo. The gorilla had died at the zoo, and they simply said, hey, we want you to put on a gorilla suit and stand in there and just act like a gorilla. And so he did. And everyone who worked there said he was the very best you can imagine. He got in that cage, and he yelled and and rattled the cages, and he acted like everyone thought he was a gorilla. And one day, he was over there at the door, and he was shaking the, the, the cage door that goes into the lion cage, and the door accidentally opened up, and the lion rushed in. And the guy inside the gorilla goes, help, 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 I'm only a man inside a gorilla suit. And the lion said, you better shut up, idiot, or we're both going to get fired. <laughs> Is that us? Are we one thing on the outside and something else on the inside? I want you to write this down in the Bible. The word heart is found over 800 times. It's found 100 times in the book of Psalms. It'd be a great study sometime to read the Bible cover to cover, and every time you see that word, to highlight it with a, with a particular color of pen and pay attention to it. But when you read through the Word of God and you see all the times you find this word heart, the Bible, the word heart is a word that represents... Everything about you, your emotions, your intellect, your life, your heart is a picture of the real you. In our text, Jesus announces, blessed are those of you who have a pure heart. So I want to begin by talking about what is a pure heart. Let's look at the definition. Roman numeral number one in your notes. There are numerous ways to explain what a pure heart is all about, but I want to talk about the two major thoughts when it comes to having a pure heart. 
The first, and write this down, is a heart that is sinless. Having a pure heart is a heart that is sinless, a heart that is uncontaminated, if you will. Now, what does it mean to be uncontaminated? It means that your heart is free from impurities. There are no contaminants in your heart. There's no filth from the world or the system of the world. There's no sin. Now, make no mistake about it. God wants your heart to be uncontaminated. I don't really matter. You know, we have all these fights and arguments over grace and, uh, and saved by grace, or are we free to sin if we have grace, blah, blah, blah. Are you saved? You're not saved. It doesn't matter if you're saved or not saved. If you could sit down and talk to Almighty God, God would say to you, my desire for your heart is to be free from sin, the sin of this world. Now, Satan, on the other hand, he wants to contaminate everything in your heart which we see took place all the way back when God destroyed the world by a flood in Genesis chapter 6. The Bible says at that time that every inclination of the thoughts of man's heart was only evil all the time. Now we know your heart physically is just a muscle. That's all. You do know that your heart is just a muscle. And it pumps blood through your circulatory system And as that blood goes throughout your body, it carries oxygen and nutrients to your body organs, uh, the organs in your body. But in the Bible, the heart symbolizes your life. And what God wants is for your heart, your life to be free. No greed, no lust, no selfishness, no pride, no hatred, no bitterness, no prejudices, no immorality, no adultery, no idolatry of any kind. He doesn't want there to be cursing or swearing, no impurities, no unrighteousness. He doesn't want any of that in you or in your heart, which is you. It was Jesus, everybody say Jesus. It was Jesus who said these words in Matthew 15. He said, for it's out of the heart comes evil thoughts and murder and adultery and sexual immorality and theft and false testimony, and slander. And then he says, those are the things that make a man unclean, not his unwashed hands. Jesus is saying, I don't care if your hands get dirty. What I care about is if your heart gets dirty, if you get dirty on the inside. And so we understand by definition, a pure heart has to do with having a heart that is uncontaminated by sin. But number two, this is the second meaning, And many scholars believe that this, what I'm getting ready to share, is the main meaning of having a pure heart, is that your heart is single-focused, that your heart is what we call undivided, that your heart is solely fixed on God and the things of God. Now, I think that our hearts naturally are undivided. I think being under, our hearts being under, it's just something that naturally happens. So you have certain sections in your heart. One is just your job. When you go to work, you are a worker, you're an employee, you're a boss, nothing else really matters to you. You get off work, then you go home, you've got your family. That's another compartment uh, to your heart. Just naturally happens. And there's this tension between work and, and home. And then you have another section of your heart that is just your hobbies or the the, the, the leisure times of your life. And, and that kind of competes with your family sometimes. And, and uh, 
and your job. And then you have another compartment that's uh, your resources or the things that you own, your finances. And then most of us, I don't know anybody that doesn't have one, but most of us have a secret compartment that no one knows what's going on in your life. And then we have another section called God, where we go to church. And you're here today. Give yourselves a hand. You've got that. But to be pure in heart, what scholars believe that this means that you are single focused on God, no matter where you are, what you're doing, which means that when you go to work, you're sitting there at work, but you're trying to figure out how at work you can glorify God and honor God by the things that you do, that you work unto the Lord. And when you're sitting at home with your family around the dinner table and there's food on the table, you're looking at your family, you're trying to figure out how can my family How can we get more involved in kingdom call? What can we do as a family to truly honor God with our life? And you look at your finances and your resources and you steward those to the glory and honor of God. And even in your your hobbies, you're trying to figure out how can I, I I really enjoy doing this, a lot of fun, but how can I use this to the glory and the honor of God? There's a story in 1 Samuel 21 and 1 Samuel 22, David was on the run. Saul was chasing him. He was hiding out in different places. And he ends up, uh, he was captured. And uh, they were bringing him before this, this enemy king. And um, David was in trouble. And he had to get out of this situation. And so the Bible says, you can read this in First Samuel 21, 22. The Bible says that he acted like a madman. Like he was insane. He just, he wasn't insane, but he acted like he was crazy. And he started banging on the door, and he went over to the wood of the, of the doors, and he was making marks, he was scratching, and uh, the Bible says that uh, he started slobbering, and the Bible says that the saliva came down and was just flowing off of his beard, and he was like, you know, he was like yelling and screaming, and the enemy king said, well, this guy's nothing but a madman, let him go. So he escaped from Gath, which was a Philistine city. And he goes up into these mountains into a cave called the Cave of Adullam. And I believe that everybody needs to go to the Cave of Adullam. He gets up in that cave and some 400 men go with him. And many scholars believe that David wrote Psalm chapter 57 when he was in the Cave of Adullam. Sometime read that Psalm, Psalm chapter 57. Now David made many mistakes. Hear me out. David made many mistakes in his life. We know that he had a heart that was fixed on God, that was a heart that sought after God. That it seems like he was always getting in trouble. But when you come to Psalm chapter 57, verse 7, again, he'd been in a difficult situation. He writes these words. I want to show them to you. He says, my heart, my heart, oh God, is steadfast. And if you read it, he says it twice. My heart is steadfast on you, O God. You see, David David was always getting in trouble, but here's what we see. Whenever David got in trouble, he had this thing within him. He always refixed his heart on God. And whenever David refixed his heart on God, everything went good in his life. But whenever his heart drifted away from God, drifted into other things, he always got in trouble. So to be pure in heart means to be uncontaminated by the world, yes, but it also means to be undivided in our focus and just have a heart that is steadfast on God. Number two, I have this word delightful. That's a good word. 
And I get that. I use that for the word blessed. Jesus said, blessed are the pure in heart. That word means to be happy. We're talking about having inner joy. That's why we're studying this series. It goes underneath our theme, abundant joy in Jesus. And and Jesus wants you to be blessed. He wants you to find joy. And if you want to be blessed, it really means to have the hand of blessing, the, the blessing of God upon your life. How do I get the blessing of God upon my life? You got to be pure in heart. Now, I want you to write this down. I don't know if you've ever noticed this, but the Old Testament, the last word in the Old Testament is the word cursed. You can look it up. It's the, last, the, the Old Testament, is, it's got 39 books. It's, it's, most of you can't even read through it. And the very last word is the word cursed. Now, some, some translations, it's the word destruction. And if you're living under the Old Testament, let me tell you, you are underneath a curse. But we live in the New Testament, and the very, the very first word of the very first sermon that Jesus preaches in the New Testament is the word blessed. Don't skip over this fact that God in heaven does indeed want to bless you. You do know that God wants to bless you. You do know that, correct? Well, write this down. Write this down. You you have a choice. You get to choose. It's your decision. You get to choose whether or not you're pure in heart or whether or not you have a contaminated heart. You get to choose whether or not you have a divided heart or an undivided heart. You get to choose every day if you want to live a holy life or an unholy life. You get to choose every day if you're going to live this day uh, with a life focused on God, a life that is dedicated to God, or are you going to have a heart that chases after the things of this world? Are you going to spend these next few days, the next week, just listening to the music of the world and watching whatever the world watches? And are you going to drop a few F-bombs here and there and drink like a sailor and just do all these kinds of things that just lead to a contempt? You get to choose. Do you want to be blessed or do you not want to be blessed? Do you want to be happy or do you want to be miserable? Would you like to lay your head down on the pillow and sleep like a baby at night knowing that the hand of God has blessed you and blessed your family? Or do you want to be up all night long, empty, broken, searching, looking for the next high, the next addiction, the next enslavement? You get to choose. It's your choice. Many of us. You know what what most of us are like? We're like that cat or that dog that just runs around chasing its own tail. You ever seen a cat just chasing a tail? You know, it's doing anything, it sees a tail. It's chasing after something it wants. It's chasing over, it's chasing after something it thinks it needs. It's chasing after something that will never, they'll never ever really reach. And I believe that God looks down at us sometimes and they look just like that cat and dog chasing their tail. All these things they think they need and things they think they want. And all the while, the secret to having everything in life, the secret to having God's hand of blessing upon your life, upon your marriage, upon your family, it all goes back to simply having a pure heart to be single, focused on the things of God. The very next chapter, which is in the middle of his sermon, he starts talking about all the people who worry about things. 
And I think that besides the greatest sin, which is pride, our second greatest sin as people is we worry about everything. Have you looked around how many people are living in fear because they're worried about stuff all day, every day? And later on in this sermon in Matthew chapter 6, Jesus says, hey, you all have to stop worrying about the things of this world. In fact, he says this in Matthew 6, what you need to do is seek first, just seek first the things of God and everything else will take care of themselves in Matthew 6, I have a book coming out in a couple of weeks called, the name of the book is One Thing, and it's just a study of, it's narrowing down what's really important in life, that everything in this life, everything in this life is fleeting. Everything in this life is temporary. Everything in this world will one day burn up. Everything in this life will one day be gone. And the only thing that will matter are the things that were done in the name of Jesus, the things that were done for the kingdom of God, the things that are spiritual. And there are times in my life where my heart grows cold, where my heart grows indifferent. And I know the world is creeping in. You say, well, how do you know? I say, I can tell by my words. I can tell by my deeds. I can tell by my decisions. And when that happens, I know that I need to get back into the Word. I need to get back to worshiping God. I need to get back to seeking God. Get back to having an uncontaminated heart. Be sure to join us next week as Pastor Dudley continues with today's message here on Lift Up Jesus. We hope you were blessed by our program today. If you are in need of prayer, we invite you to call us at our toll-free number, 888-818-4777. Our Lift Up Jesus phone counselors are ready for any prayer requests you may have at this time. You can also contact us right now if you'd like to receive a copy of today's message on either CD or DVD. Our number again is 888-818-4777. For more information about Pastor Dudley Rutherford, Shepherd Church, or this ministry, be sure to visit our website, liftupjesus.com. We live in the most distracted culture in the history of the world. We see about 10,000 messages every day. We even touch our phones about 2,000 times a day. We're literally being overwhelmed with information. That's why there's no better time than right now for Dudley Rutherford's remarkable new book, One Thing, Rediscover a Simpler Faith in Our Complicated World. In this timely book, Pastor Dudley invites you to open your Bible and look closely at seven key passages of Scripture where you'll find the beautifully uncomplicated phrase, One Thing. These Scriptures will quiet all the noise that you're hearing and call you back to a simpler faith. Dudley Rutherford has discovered the secret of how to focus our lives on the one thing that matters. What if you could find that simplicity? It's waiting out there, and this is your roadmap to freedom. Contact Lift Up Jesus today and get your copy of One Thing, the book that could finally change everything. I'm Irvin Hurd, and this is my wife, Chip Hurd, and uh, we've been members here at Shepherd for going on 13 years now. Giving is an uncomfortable conversation for most people, and I guess I didn't have a problem with that because when you grow up poor, (laughs) you don't have anything anyway. So everything God gave me, it just seemed right to give back. So when I learned about Malachi and the fact that we were supposed to give back a tenth from from the top, not after we do everything else and then whatever's left, 
And that just seemed to make sense. It was fair. It was loving uh, to a loving God. We work in a seasonal business, and uh, between productions and uh, hiatus, productions, <laughs> yeah, productions shutting down, uh, I didn't have a job. But somehow all the bills got paid and God always provided. And he also gave me a peace during that period because I knew he would provide. We're always having to monitor and learn about stewardship and find ways to make sure that we are doing what God called us to do. And there are periods where it just doesn't look like it's going to work out. There are periods where it looks like Things are just upside down, topsy-turvy. How is this going to work itself out? But somehow, God finds a way to get us through it. And he also gives us the ability to have peace in the process. I have times where I'm looking at the checkbook and looking at what we have committed ourselves to, not what God has committed us to, but what we've committed ourselves to, and having to realign priorities. I think it eventually works itself out. He starts giving you um, uh, wisdom about which thing to do so that you may have a rough this month and a rough next month, maybe an even rougher next month, but somewhere in there, if the heart is to do the thing he asked you to do, he will work it out for you. And that's the part we don't want to see what's going to happen. We don't tithe with the thought that we are tithing to get from God. We're tithing because we have gotten from God. God has already given to us, and all he asks us is to give back that 10%. And so he gave first, and we give second. I'm Kyle Welch, inviting you to join us again next week at this same time as we lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.